Hey guys, Toolman Tim here. We are back for another round with the Fire Starters. This is the Fireside Freedom Podcast. Today is April 5th, 2022, and this is lucky episode number 13. <laughs> and tonight we are going to talk about discipline and not the kind that, uh, you know, you used to get when you were a kid, but how to maintain discipline when we're doing things on the regular. And tonight I've got with me Brian, Letty, Ken, and of course myself. How is everybody? Good. Doing good. Doing fantastic. Yeah, right on. <laughs> happy Tuesday. Yeah, it is a happy Tuesday. We got, uh, how's the weather everywhere? We got, was supposed to be like two inches of rain and it came down in the frozen variety. So we did okay. Yeah, we had we had inch and a half of snow and right around freezing. And I think most of it's gone now. We had enough rain to fill about half of our catch tank. So that's good. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking out the window and it is definitely pouring outside right now. So glad I didn't get your snow, Brian, because my husband would probably have flipped out. <laughs> all across the continent. We've all got rain and snow today. So I didn't even do you... anything with it. I just walked through it. We didn't <laughs> like you don't do anything with it this time of year. Even when it's like eight inches, you just let it melt because it melts in the next couple of days anyway. Oh, yeah. We woke up with like two inches yesterday morning and by noon it was half gone. So, yeah. So what has, I'm going to spring a question on everybody that I forgot to completely throw at you before we started, but what's everybody been up to this week for, I don't know, forwarding your freedom, making your life a little better, or just for the hell of it? Anybody doing anything interesting? Brian? Oh, let me see. I uh, set up a shop on Corey's website. Um, nice. He started designing Baby Walter and company uh, logo gear and stuff like that, uh, mugs. And so that's uh, just adding those little revenue streams left and right and uh, working on that. Pounded out a video. Uh, yeah, it was kind of under the weather, missed a couple days of work and kind of just did online stuff because it wasn't feeling the best. And I was, but it was able to put a butt in a seat and uh, use the keyboard. So that was, that was good. Right on. How about you, Ken? Oh yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm still trying to recover from what what I've been up to the past few days. I had a couple of, couple of friends come in for the weekend, and got some work done on my house, and then we camped out for the rest of the weekend. <laughs> work? Yeah, on my house at work. Yeah, <laughs> there was a little bit of work going on there, you know. I uh, was camped out, just uh, cleared out some of our saplings, and uh, we've got like thousands of sweet gum saplings going on so what we were preparing sounds like about for... five minutes so what was the rest of the weekend <laughs> uh, well they had uh both of them each had like a 12 year old and then a five-year-old so half the time we we're running after kids and giving them hatchets and machetes and stuff which might not be the smartest thing in the world but sent them to town cutting down trees and uh, then today i got a, a sales page up for an event that i'm hosting in june which is a teen catalyst event. It's a father-son camping event, which is kind of what the this weekend was a precursor to. So I'm still trying to recover from too many late nights. <laughs> Dude, I saw that. I saw you talking about that. And I was like, that's a fantastic idea. That's, that's phenomenal. Is that both, is that like a mentor? Like, is it uh, only father and son or are you trying to hook up uh, kids that are interested in that with mentors if they don't have a father that's that's uh, kind of that that way interested in it or maybe no father at all? Is there kind of a partnership program? 
kind yeah, of thing I, you could do? I haven't set anything up like that, but yeah, it's definitely open to, you know, if there's somebody who mentors a teen or is, you know, has a couple of teens that they're friends with and want to bring them in. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be father, son. No, I like if you could, if you could kind of pool those mentor sides, um, in the community, like trusted people. You don't want just anybody, obviously. You don't want to be hooking up any guy that's like answering a Craigslist like, hey, do you want to go camping with a bunch of teen boys? Right? I mean, exactly. Exactly. But trusted, trusted within the network, maybe um as a re- resource for some kids that uh kids that might need that or or want to experience just camp camping in the woods. Like when I grew up, um, I didn't do a whole lot of camping with my family. Uh so it would have been cool to have that uh, available. Yeah, that would, we did something like that a few, well, I say a few, a couple decades ago when I was in college, I worked at a camp where <laughs> kids whose parents were in jail uh, get to go from the city to a camp and they'd never camped before in their life. And it was, oh yeah, it was, it was cool, Ken. Anyway, it was really neat. How about you, Letty? Um, we spent a couple hundred dollars at Aldi's on meat to toss in our freezer. <laughs> now that we got that deep freeze, I'm like, Okay, like baby's craving meat, mama's craving meat. Let's get this freezer full. Um, got some potential leads on half beefs and or quarter beefs that I can pick up in the next couple weeks or months. So just working on getting the food side of things taken care of now that we've got our dry goods done. Like get the meat done and then we can move on to bigger and better things. Hey, one cool. I would, uh, well, I, I spent Sunday was my day of not doing anything other than doing stuff. And so I cleaned up the entire yard because finally the snow is gone and I got an awesome compliment because my daughter, Charlotte come in the next morning. She goes, dad, did you see the backyard? It looks really clean. And I'm like, as a matter of fact, I did Charlotte. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, Saturday we went to Edmonton, which is the nearest big city. And I got to meet one of my imaginary internet friends in real life. So that was great. Uh, Carson Pratt, give him a shout out. He is from, uh, well, all over the place. He's listening. He's listened to TSP since I think he said '09, and he's a member of the workshop community. So it's really nice to to meet him. So trying to do our best to build an in person community in Alberta because it's a hell of a thing to do, but we're trying. So yeah. So tonight we are going to talk about discipline, and this is one of those things that. Well, we'll talk about it anyway, but it's just one of those things that can be, seems to come natural to some people and seems to be the complete opposite of natural to other people. So what, let's start with Letty. Uh, What is the idea of, (laughs) I'm just going to put you right on the spot, Letty, but what what does the idea of discipline or being disciplined mean to you? I mean, I said I was going to wing it tonight, so. (laughs) Whatever, go for it. Um, So for me, discipline is just when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it, whether it's something you've never done. If it's an addiction, you're giving up um, and just getting out of the grindstone and doing it. Like for me, the most disciplined I'd ever been was, God, it's almost 20 years ago now that I gave up drinking pop. <laughs> I was like, it's Lent. I, all I do is eat pizza, eat grilled cheese and drink pop. So I'm giving all three of those up. I very rarely touch pop to this day. The pizza and grilled cheese on the other hand, not so easy. But I mean, I, I just went cold turkey and like now the only time I'll drink pop is if I've had a slight headache and I'll drink a couple sips of a Diet Coke and then toss it. So 
I know my husband always looks at me. He's like, I wish I could be as disciplined as you because when you want to do something, you just, you're, you're dead set. You're focused on it and you're going to get it done. So it's, it's, it's not something that I've always been able to do. It's something that I've kind of like trained myself in my mind. And I don't even know how I did it, but now it's just like, it, everything's become part of a routine. So you get, you get that routine, you get the discipline to stay in that routine and it's going to work for you. Right on. How about you, Ken? What do you think? Well, discipline for me always meant a switch. So <laughs> I, I never liked the word discipline, but as an adult, uh, you know, it's, it's not any fun to have to take the switch to yourself. And that's often what we think of when we think of discipline. It's like beating yourself into submission. But there's with discipline, if you can think of it more as a trigger and a reward, like th this is the thing that I want to do. And then what's the trigger before I get there that's going to make me do that thing? And what's the benefit from it? So discipline is just knowing where you want to go and sticking to that path, maybe deviating a little bit from here to there, but you have to know, like, if I want to drive to Texas, I know where I'm going. I'm not just wandering around, you know, people say, how are you so disciplined? But they don't have a plan. So you've got to have that plan. I'm going to Texas and then go there. That's discipline just going to throw it out there too that some people when i heard switch i was like hmm you mean like a switch up or like a light switch but <laughs> i think dad, dad used to call them an alder switch because they a big up. stick <laughs> yeah a big stick and if you didn't pick or cut it big enough you had to go back out and cut a bigger one yep how about you brian yeah i was thinking like whips and chains and uh you know that kind of discipline i thought that's what we were talking about tonight but uh no, uh, kind of what Ken said with um, having a plan and being having a, having a goal and having the steps to get there and following those steps religiously, uh, routinely. Uh, routines are huge for me. It'll be a theme through this whole thing, uh, having the steps and just following them, knowing how to get there and just having the focus to plot down that course and get there. I always hate when I'm hosting because the rest of you all go ahead of time and then steal all my notes and then we go from there. But, <laughs> but yeah, so it's the same, like almost like what Brian said, but for me, it's just doing every day what needs to be done, whether I feel like doing something else or not. And doesn't always mean it's easy. I guess that's why they call it discipline because discipline seems to suck no matter which end of the stick you're on. But yeah, it's just, you know, doing what, needs to be done even if i don't feel like doing it you know but uh let's go the other direction we'll start with brian how about where does discipline play into success and i know this is going to kind of feed right off of where we were talking but what do you think about that i mean if you don't follow the steps to succeed i mean just like ken said you got to know where you're going to get there uh, whatever success means for you. It's it's different for everybody, but you got to figure out where you want to be, figure out a line of steps to get there and be disciplined to follow that those steps one by one to get to that goal. And that would be success. So uh, yeah, it's all about dis discipline. It's all about sticking to that plan. So I don't think there's uh, any way around it. We're just going to throw in there. I tested the float stream 
and it seems like it's not working still. It's uh, everything says good on my end. So if there's anybody out there trying to get on and float, I think it's just the hiccups of the new system there. So how about you, Ken? Yeah. So first you got to define what success looks like to you. I mean, we can look at, I can look at Tim and say, man, you've got a super successful handyman business. I can look at Letty and say, you've, you're successful at raising or at supporting your family there. Like you do a good job with that. Look at Brian, you're successful at quitting your job and going on the road and, and creating that travel lifestyle. So, <laughs> so what does, what does success look like to you? First of all, define that. And then what are the steps that going to support that and help you help you get there for instance like if i want to get up in the morning and record my podcast before i have other calls coming up then i have to be disciplined or make myself sit down and get ready for take the write down my notes and get ready to record that i can't get up in the morning and drink my coffee and scroll instagram and a half or tiktok or whatever i might be that's the opposite of discipline <laughs> You've got to create that habit and that, you know, we look at it as discipline, but if it's only discipline until you get the habit down pat and you stick to that, then it's a lot easier. That's so that is what I guess drives your success is when you can keep that habit going, stay disciplined, and then you'll reach whatever your version of success is. I like that. So, turning the discipline into habits and then it doesn't hurt so bad. Hey, I like that. How about you, Letty? Yeah. Uh, to kind of go off the whole habit thing, you know, once you get that habit down, it becomes your routine. It's second nature. So it's not even like you're, you're working on it. I know for me, like to be successful, <laughs> to be successful for the longest time, I had to be up at four o'clock every morning. I am not a morning person. Because if I wanted to make my train at 6.20, I need to be up two hours ahead of time to make sure I was there on time. So it was it was painful. And I did it for six or seven years. And it sucks. But then eventually, after like the first three months, I didn't need that alarm to get up anymore. I had my day mapped out. Okay, I get up, go to the bathroom, take my shower. Then I can go back to bed and I can just kind of hang out in bed while I'm fully waking up. Then grab breakfast and be out the door by 6 o'clock. You know? Some people were like, I just leave half an hour before. I just get up half an hour before my train. And I was like, oh, no, not me. Like, I need to make sure I get there, have the plenty of time and stuff. But I was able, I was successful. I was able to get in, make my train, get to work early because <laughs> I didn't want to be late. But it, it took those habits and just doing it every single day for so long. It became that routine. It was a muscle memory. I didn't have to deal with, I didn't have to think about it anymore. So now with my, now that I'm a stay-at-home mom, it's, okay, these are our days, you know, the time change has actually screwed us up with our, <laughs> with my discipline of getting him up and moving in the mornings because freaking politicians changing our time on us. They don't understand when they don't have little kids, <laughs> but you know, once you can do it and you get it going, you're going to be successful no matter what. And if you can get just one just one thing that becomes a habit that becomes your routine and it's the muscle memory. You can put, you can do anything. You can be disciplined at doing absolutely anything you put your mind to. 
I like that. I like that a lot, actually. I So I got digging last week. I was look. I don't even know. Of course, I go down these rabbit holes and start reading articles and stuff. And it was talking about different growth charts for businesses and the metrics for success. And of course, there was the 45 degree one that just was kind of started here and it worked its way up. And then there was the uh, exponential one that basically looked like it flatlined forever. And then all of a sudden, boom, it went up. And then there was the the inverse of that, I think. And that's where you got really quick, fast growth and then leveled off. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. But all other than the, the really quick, fast growth, and even then, it was all based on daily steps, like little things that were done on a regular basis. So then I get, kept reading and I came across this article about the British cycling team. And this was pretty cool. So apparently, didn't know this, but the Brits basically sucked at bicycling forever. And they wanted to get better at it. So they hired this off-the-wall coach that nobody would either heard of or didn't know about. And he implemented the 1% better routine or the 1% better motto. So they started looking at all the weirdest things. Things like painting the inside of the storage van of their bikes white so that they could see the little specks of dust. Or they looked at, uh, they talked to is it surgeons about how to sleep properly. They, they, it was muscle rub, whatever the muscle rub was. And all they were looking for was 1% improvement. And of course, they'd never won anything. And the first Olympics they went to, they won 60% of the gold medals. And then the next Olympics they went to, they won something like 80% of the gold medals and won and set seven world records. All from just stupid little inconsequential 1% improvements. And over... A fairly short period of time, they ended up kicking ass and taking names. So I thought that was a really cool story and a really good kind of illustration on how discipline and small changes could bring success in. So Brian, how about, and this is one that I've always struggled with, of course, is are you born with it or do you develop it? Is discipline something, I mean, in, you know, I guess you can look at some people and think, yeah, sure they are. But what do you think? Born with it or developed it? I struggle with it every day. So I obviously wasn't born with it. Um, no, it's something you learn. I, I mean, and I think it has a lot to do with your environment, not necessarily like the strictness of your parents, or I think even more freedom from your parents, but with expectations to get things done really um, molds you to be disciplined to get those things done because you you're not going to get punished if you don't get them done but you're going to get the satisfaction of pleasing your parents um i like that kind of model uh but if they help you lay that out they help you figure out how to set those steps and set those guides um to achieve it how about you ken yeah, so I definitely don't think you're born with it. It's not it's not something that you have naturally. I think some people are definitely would tend to be more disciplined or they would they would tend to operate that way a little bit more based on their personality style. But for the most part it is something you have to work on. Um my wife would have she would be the kind of person who would have to work harder to stay disciplined to keep after something because she's more of a let things flow however they may be so if if she wants something to go a certain way or she wants a morning routine wants her morning to turn out a certain way to be off by a certain time she's got to stay disciplined 
for me, that's a lot easier because I'm naturally more of a routine person. I like routine. If I get outside of that, I get all messed up. <laughs> so is some people are do tend that way to be more disciplined, but I, it's still something you have to work on. I, I still get stuck in the Instagram feed from time to time. <laughs> Lady. Sorry. Sorry, I had to find the, the unmute button. Um, I'm actually pulling up right now because so the, I definitely think it's something you develop. And I went down this rabbit hole over the weekend because on Amy's Friday morning live stream, we were talking personalities. <laughs> I don't even know how she got there, but it was one of those things that I, I started thinking about. I'm like, I've, I've always been an INTJ, like every single time I've taken the Myers-Briggs. Um, so like that shows like I'm definitely very analytical. So for me, if I can find something and like put it into an order that makes sense and I can analyze it and figure it out, it's going to be easier for me to be disciplined at doing X, Y, or Z. So like I, I did the whole, I took the disc test. I took an Enneagram thing, like checking them all out. It was fun. It was interesting to see everything is like super analytical, super analytical, super analytical. And I had the conversation with my husband about it. And I said, I'm like, okay, just do the, these make sense? And he said, yeah. And he said, well, so when I look at you, like you're the type of person who like, we're getting ready to go carnivore, like meet all the way, baby. Like no, <laughs> none of the keto stuff, just straight up carnivore. He said, you are going to be able to start it and stick to it. He said, I know like for him, he's going to have the issues, but he said, being able to see you just dive in feet first and start doing it, you're going to build up the discipline and you're going to just get it done and you're going to force me to have to keep up with you. And he said, it's your analytical side because you're looking at this and it's okay, well, these are all the metrics that are going to make it healthier and it's going to help me do this and you're going to do that. So I, I really think that your personality really plays a big part of it. And once you fully understand it, you'll be able to figure out the best way to approach those habits, those routines, that discipline for yourself. I can see that. I think, and you're probably, I think personality, the, where it ties into it, I think some personalities tend more toward discipline than others do. Uh, you know, I'm a, I don't know, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm definitely not an introvert. I do like people, but I'm also a phlegmatic. So I'm a people pleaser, which means I'm really, it's really hard for me to say no. And that can really get in the way of discipline. You know, I think back years ago when uh, we used to have a big garden out back and I had a neighbor who liked to come in and talk. And I, I like to talk, you know, I know it's hard to believe, but I, I, quite often we would end up just standing around shooting the shit instead of getting work done. And that's simply because that's what he liked to do as well. And over time, I've managed to kind of flip-flop that a little bit, but <clears throat> as far as born with it or develop it, I'm the complete opposite of being born with it. Whatever the complete opposite of being disciplined is, that's what I was. That's how I was brought up. Like there was just, you know, for me, I, I can't cheat. If I, if I want to be disciplined, I have to do it every day because if I cheat, then that's, just, that's where I fall off the bandwagon, like uh, fall off the wagon real quick. And it doesn't work that way for other, like Becky, she can, you know, she can cheat whatever, you know, with whatever we happen to be disciplined at the moment. But for me, I just can't. As soon as I do that, it's like, shit, I almost feel like I got to start over again. But I wanted to bring up Freedom Media Court. If you guys see this, uh, she said, I made myself sit down with a timer and write for an hour, did it for four years, wrote four novels. 
I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later, that kind of thing. But does anybody do anything like that presently? Uh, Letty, go ahead. Um, I've fallen off the wagon of this one, but for the past three years, I've done NaNoWriMo. And I always, and it was during Little Man's nap time because I was like, I need something to do while he's taking his nap. And I was just too tired to actually do anything around the house. So I said, okay, I'm going to take this hour that he's sleeping right now and I'm going to write. <laughs> and this past year, I actually got my 50,000 words done in like 10 days. So that's an average of 5,000 words a day that I was writing um, in an hour. <laughs> you know, so it's just one of those things that like, take that hour. And if there's something specific that you want to do, whether it's, I would learn to speed read, I want to learn to learn, speak another language, that hour a day, it's, it's just like the 1% every day, it's going to add up, and you're going to get it done. And the first year, it took me 28 days to get my 50,000 words. The second year, I think it was 20 something days. And then this past year, I did it in 10. It's like, holy, like, how fast could I write this next year if I actually like, really focus on it. So I do a podcast every morning. Get up early. <laughs> 4 30. I hit the floor. Yeah, five after five, I get up, do my podcast, then go to work. For me, like so in two less than two weeks now, I'm gonna be away. We're gonna be on the road for two weeks, which means any bit of content that I would normally create on a regular basis, I'm basically doubling up in the next two weeks. I did it the same at Christmas when I went out to visit my uh, dad and mom. And what I found worked really well was basically I set a timer on my phone for 10 minutes and then I flip it over. And then I just start either stream of consciousness or outlining a script for my shows. So before I start, usually one thing that has helped is I try to follow an outline or a series. So like this time coming up, I've got a six part series I'm going to do while I'm gone. So I know what each one of those topics is going to be. And then I take eight to 10 minutes, set a timer and then write, and then I'm done. And then I move on to the next one and I do that. And then if I need to tweak it a little bit afterwards, that's great. But I've got 95% of the work done in 10 minutes per episode for an outline. And then I can kind of brush it from there. But that's what, when I need to get a lot of shit done in a short period of time, that seems to be the most effective for me. All right. So uh, from there, uh, this is, we talked about falling off the wagon and sometimes we hit our head a little harder than normal when we fall off the wagon. But uh, <laughs> why don't we start with Ken? What do you think, Ken? When you fall off the wagon with discipline, how do you get yourself back on? <laughs> well, <laughs> again, that's going to be different for a lot of people. Um, there, there's going to be some people who, when they fall off the wagon, they, they really beat themselves up over it. And I think, Tim, you talked about that a little bit, how you just feel like it, you just fail and you got to start over and start from the beginning. But if you can allow yourself, you know, try not to fall off the bandwagon for sure, or, you know, keep, keep going with your routine, but don't let that define your day or define your week or month or the next six months. Just get back, get back into the routine of what you've been up to do your thing again. And, and, keep going at it. Cause I mean, you, you know what to do, you know what the steps are. So if you over, if I oversleep tomorrow morning and don't get up till eight o'clock, okay, well, I mean, nothing prevents me from getting up at four 30 the next morning again. 
So it's just getting back into it. Just, just do the next thing, take the next step. Just because you slip and fall doesn't mean that you can't stand up and keep walking again. How about you, Brian? Um, well, ah, man, I, I build, uh, I build, uh, some slips and falls into my plan usually. Um, so like I was on call, I knew that there was a chance I wasn't going to be able to do my podcast in the morning and I want to be consistent every day for, I said, six months. I, that's what I dedicated myself to doing was six months before I reevaluated re anything or changed anything. So I'm going to do it every day for six months. Um, and I knew there were times that I might not be available. Well, that's not, that's out of my control. So I prepared ahead and, and recorded episodes. Well, I didn't feel good on Monday morning. I really didn't feel like good enough to do an episode that was worth doing. So I had one in the bag. So I played that. I was able to stay in within my discipline of doing it every day for six months because I prepared ahead of time to possibly run into issues. Um, but if I had failed beyond that, uh, getting back in is always hard for me. Uh, if I fall out of a routine or out of discipline, uh, it's usually because it needs to be adjusted. There's something wrong with it that I'm, and I'm not, um, vibing with. I mean, if it's right at the beginning of a plan or right at the beginning of a routine, maybe not, uh, I might just not be there yet. But if I, if I'm doing it consistently and for some reason I stop, it needs to be adjusted to fit for some reasons, circumstances change and the routine has to change. So do you kind of take that as a sign that you're either trying to do too much or you're not enjoying it anymore? It's just, it's just, yeah, it's just not, it's, it just doesn't fit right anymore. Maybe it might not even be that I'm trying to do some too much. Maybe my work schedule changed and now um, I'm having to work later. So I'm not wanting to get up as early or struggling to get up early. That means I just have to adjust my day to get everything in. Or if I like, I wanted to add something in, um, maybe it throws it for a loop, uh, just until it all works itself out where everything needs to fit together. Because if I'm not doing something, I, I, I don't do anything. Like <laughs> I still, I fill my days from, I try to fill my days from the time I get up till the time I go to bed, because if there's this point in there where I don't, uh, I'm not trying to do something, then my day is over. Like, if I get home and for some reason I don't do what I'm supposed to do after work and I just sit down and do nothing, I'm usually no good for the rest of the night. But if I get home from work and do everything I have planned and keep going, I can go right until I go to bed and then just end my night there, lay down, relax for half an hour before I fall asleep and then go to bed. So I have to plan my day. So that's, I mean, there's a little bit of problems going on. Not problems. I don't know. Just differences up there than most people. So I need that. I need that structure uh, to keep motivated and keep productive. Cool. I can see that. Sure. How about you, Lady Lou? I usually just jump right back in the saddle and get going again. Um, for me, if I, if I fall off the wagon, it's usually just something came up and caused my routine to get screwed up for that day. So the next day I'm like, just get right back at it because the longer that you take to get, to get going back with the, that habit or that routine, the harder it's going to be to pick it back up and continue it. So like, like the easiest way to explain it is like, if you're on a diet and or doing whatever, you are like no pasta or no sugars or whatever. And you go to a birthday party and you have a piece of cake. That's a kid's party. And 
this little kid's like, have a piece of cake. <laughs> you're not going to say no, but then just because you have that piece of cake, it doesn't mean that you can then like turn that into a waterfall of, okay, well now I'm going to go get this burger and I'm going to have this and just make it worse. You know, it's okay. Did that. I had a little bit of fun today. Let's get back at it the next day or later in the day, you know, just keep at it. That was probably my biggest struggle for damn near 40 years. You know, <laughs> basically got to the point where if I fell out of discipline once, I use that as an excuse to just stop altogether. I'm like, well, I totally shit the bed. So I, I mean, food has been my struggle as far as dis like I, I can discipline with so many things, but for whatever reason, food has been my struggle my entire life. And so it's like, well, you had that little piece of cake. Well, you're good now, Tim. So why don't you go and just keep eating cake, you know? And it's Hey Tim, that's okay. Sugar's more addictive than cocaine. So it, it makes get, sense that food is the problem. Yeah, right. Like, and it's funny because for years, you know, I always used to say, well, it's like, okay, well, you know, if you're a sex addict, you can just not have sex, right? Or if you're a heroin addict, you can just not have heroin. <laughs> but if you're a food addict, you can't not not have food. But it's not the food, it's the carbs, the sugar. And when I found that, I was like, oh, okay. You know, so it, there is some, you know, you, you can realize and you need to clarify with yourself. You're like, where, you got to cut yourself a little bit of slack over time, right? Because like I said, originally for many years, if I fell off the wagon, even once, I use that as an excuse to, to just go away completely. But now I've been a lot more actually. So it's funny by being less strict on myself, I'm actually able to follow discipline better because I'm like, okay, you screwed up Tim or you stopped or you fell out of your habit for a week or two weeks or a month. It's okay. Just get back on. And that's what I preach every year at new year's. Don't make resolutions, make goals because a resolution, as soon as you frig it up, you're going to go move on and quit, you know, but with goals, it's something you're always striving toward. And that's where disciplines help with me a little bit for sure. You know, Tim, you hit, you hit something there when you said, you're you're easier on yourself. You're not super strict. If you go into it with just like the blinders mentality that I'm only looking forward, I'm not doing anything else. If I fall off the wagon, oh my God, I'm screwed. <laughs> you're never going to get anywhere, you know, because, okay, I'm going down the path and everything's going well, but then, okay, now there's a fork in the road. What, what do I do? You have to be, you do have to be able to adjust and say, am I going to take the left fork or the right fork? Or, okay, we're going to this party. What am I going to do? I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have that cake. But then tomorrow we're going to get back on the main road and keep on going straight. Normally when I see a fork, I pick it up and eat cheesecake. But... You, uh, you you must only be talking about food because I've, I've been around a lot of addicts and it doesn't really work that way. <laughs> you can't just willy nilly. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm just going to shoot up this weekend and it'll be all good. Like, you're talking food and maybe having a piece of cake. So you got to be careful and quantify what you're talking about there. I think. I was thinking about that a little bit too, because like I said, I do even, even now, even though I do cut myself, but I guess even an addict though, even a hardcore addict needs to cut themselves some slack because if they do fuck up, I mean, this is after the fact, right? I, I, before the fact, don't make any excuses for yourself because if I start making excuses before the fact, then I'm hooped, right? I'm already done. But if I've already fucked up, then whatever, right? I, I, I have two choices at this point. I can beat myself up 
and keep screwing up. Or I can say, well, Tim, you did that. What do we need to do to make it right? Or what do you need to do to get back on that old wagon? You know? Yeah. After, after the fact. Yeah. Is, is yes. I think you yeah, have, yeah, you I just forgive yourself for, for having a slip, but you can't use the forgiveness as an excuse to do it in the first place. Right. It's like asking yeah. for forgiveness instead of permission, right? <laughs> you, what you hit on there um, kind of goes back to what I said earlier about recognizing those triggers when, and you can use that to create a bad habit, but you can also do that to, or you can use that to create a good habit, but you also need to recognize the triggers for a bad habit. So if there's something that keeps coming up, like you said, talking about the addicts, you know, if you slip up, fine, just get up and move, keep moving forward. But if it happens repeatedly, figure out what it is that's triggering you to, to go back to that thing and then cut that off. Maybe implement a different reward because when you fall into a bad habit, it's because you're looking for a reward. And if you can implement a different reward or cut that trigger out, then, then yeah, you stay on the wagon of, of reaching that success that we talked about earlier, whatever that looks like for you. I like that. I, I'm going to grab another one here. Uh, Chris asks, he says, do you use a journal or a map to plan each day or basically win it, wing it each day? Well, it looks like Ken has a suggestion. So go ahead, Ken. <laughs> well, I use it. I don't necessarily get into it every single day. Um, I, I, what I try to do, and I'm not always consistent, there's that consistency thing with it again, is at least plan out the week, you know, get in there, figure out what you're doing each day, put in important times and dates for the week. If you have to be somewhere or meet somebody, or I think we talked a couple of weeks ago how I missed a meeting with a potential client by like an hour and a half because I completely forgot. I didn't put it in my calendar. <laughs> and if you can at least do your broad week overview and then each morning you can go through and look at it, add some extra things, maybe put your to-do list in there. That's kind of what I do going through that. It's super helpful. Looks like Brian's got a great system there too. Brian's got something out of the X-Files there. You know, when you go into somebody's room and he's got, you know, the strings or the, there's that meme, isn't it from Always Sunny? Yeah. Anyway, go, yeah, go ahead, Brian. Sorry. Yeah, it's uh everything's a schedule everything's a schedule in my phone on my whiteboards um in my van in my work van i got a computer i got my work computer i got my home computer i got my work phone i got my personal phone i got a big whiteboard with a calendar they all have lists and yes everything's planned from the time i get up till the time i go to bed and usually more than that because i like to over not necessarily overextend myself but if i'm more productive i like to have options to go to when i'm done so yeah. I'm a big fan of planners. I love back to school season because I get to pick, I get to look at all the new planners that come out and see which one's going to, okay, one more minute and see what's going to fill my needs. But I actually just found this at Walmart this week and it's just my week and you got 52 of them. So every week you just put in, you just get to write it all down. And we've got the whiteboard calendar that we do every month. And my husband actually for the past month and a half now, he's been putting an X on every single day because he hasn't had any caffeine in over a month and a half. He just stopped a cold turkey and I've been making him a lot of beef broth <laughs> to get him through it. But, uh, you know, when when you see those little check marks on each on each date, and you're like, hey, look how, look how many days I've done this. 
what is it they say like 28 days or something like that to build a habit or whatever whatever the the date is that they came up with 27 27 there you go you know it's how long we have is <laughs> i mean you you see those and it and it adds up and you're like wow look i've done this for 8 weeks now without even realizing it so this is awesome but yeah i'm a planner i was a paralegal for years you know i mean I went in every day. I color coded everything for which attorney needed me to do what so I get these projects done. It's the only way I could get it done. And that's come over to my life. I'm not as anal retentive as I used to be just because with a toddler, you have to be flexible, but still need those schedules. Hey, I just wanted to say, I saw, I saw Martin, some family over there said he he's, been not drinking for 10 months or 10 weeks. That's awesome, man. I, I really respect that. I, I went over 10 years and uh, it was probably the best decision of my life. And then I realized why I was having a problem with drinking and I've been able to slowly start again uh, socially, but it's uh, not been a problem since I realized what was wrong with me. But yeah, dude, just keep it up. It's fantastic. And it'll be uh, probably the best decision of your life. That's awesome. I love Martins and family. They're always a big supporter, always in here. For me, like I do like property management means that I need to be flexible. It means that I'm, I need to be on call, but I don't necessarily need to be doing something attached to the property management that minute. So I come across a couple of years ago, the one, three, five method, which I don't use a hundred percent religiously, but I use it quite well. And that's where you you know, every day you put one big item, three medium size and five kind of piddly items that you want to get done. And I try to tie that into my yearly and monthly goals. And that tends to be the type of things that I fit in. Try to get, what do they say? You put the rocks in first, then the sand, then the water or however it goes so that you can get the most as you can in your day. And I like to build in some flexibility because I always have these little projects I want to work on. But if I get that big shit done first, then it takes the stress off. And if I end up getting called out to a frozen pipe at 6.30 at night, I don't have to worry about it because I already got all those, you know, one, three, five things done. And it seems to seems to help for sure. Nicole Sauce always says, eat the frog first. Do the hardest thing you want to get done. And like she does the, the my three things. So I know that's one of the things that we've picked up here is we're going to get at least three things done every day. And we're going to tell each other what they are so they get done. And it's definitely helped a ton. For sure. And that's, you know, I, I tried the my three things for a bit and then I ran into this one, three, five. I'd, it was like a New York Times article or something. And I've always said I'm a big fan of find what works for you. Whatever somebody has that works for them, it may not work for you, but you can take a piece from them and a piece from this person and whatever you find works. And then the person, of course, I'm going to beat the one, three, five method to death and tell everybody that's the best system there is out there. You know, and Nicole's going to say my three things is great and whatever it happens to be. Right. But just, just find whatever jives with your personality and your kind of work ethic and make it work, you know? So how about tips or tricks or, you know, whatever, whatever your kind of top tips are for staying disciplined. I'll start with you, Letty. <laughs> um, I think I mentioned it last week, but accountability buddies <laughs> have find that accountability partner and to say, Hey, this is what I'm doing. Like I just saw Ken said, he wants to go off coffee for a month, but he hasn't come close to trying. 
I'll be your accountability partner <laughs> and we'll check in every day, you know, um, find someone and treat yourself to those little wins, you know, Hey, I'm going to do this every day for a month. What? Okay. Once you get to a week, find some way to, to treat yourself or celebrate, you know, find the, find those little, those little wins. They, they add up. It's not just <laughs> freedom. That is awesome. <laughs> Probably a really productive serial killer. I don't even know who you are, but that that's my, <laughs> my guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, find those wins and, and celebrate them. And if something happens and if you fall off the wagon, just get right back on again. Do, do whatever it takes to get back going and make those habits the routine. How about you, Ken? Yeah, Letty, the reason I haven't gotten an accountability buddy is because I don't want to have to quit coffee. <laughs> I like my coffee too much. <laughs> so that's why I was like, no, no, thank you. Um, the tips and tricks, it goes back to making sure you've got your schedule, sticking to it. Um, you have to build in some of the, uh, I don't know, I'll call it overflow time. Like you, you can't schedule yourself down to the minute. Some people will try it, but you soon get to a breaking point. You've got to have a little bit of rest time in there or something. You got to make it enjoyable. And if, if all you're doing is going off of your schedule, your habit, your routine 24 seven, I don't care what your personality type is. You're something's going to give somewhere. So you've got to make it enjoyable for you. You know, have fun with life. Uh, my wife likes things to be fun. I like a little bit of fun, but I'm like, let's get the job done first and then we'll have fun. And she's like, no, let's make the job fun. And so if you can make your habits fun, make the discipline fun because of the reward that comes at the end of it, see, look at what comes at the end of that rather than what you're going through to get to that. The discipline is easier. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I mean... I schedule my fun too, man. Like I enjoy, I enjoy the only thing I don't enjoy doing in my life is going to work for eight hours a day or 10 hours a day or 12 hours a day, whatever that time period they lock me in. Cause I never know when I'm coming home. But other than that, everything I schedule in my day, I enjoy, or I wouldn't schedule to do it. Uh, I love doing my podcast. I, then I go to work and I have to do that. But everything I do when I get home is something I want to be doing. It's something I enjoy being doing. I just have to schedule it so that I'm productive towards a goal of some sort. And I only set goals for myself that I'm going to enjoy getting to. I'm going to enjoy the process. I'm going to enjoy the stuff I do. Um, it's like Jack talks about building a lifestyle business. You're going to enjoy what you're doing. You're, you're building, you're, you have the choice of what you want to do. So schedule something that you like. It makes it easier to follow that schedule. Oh, I like that. I was, I was going to say, Ken, you talked about how you, you enjoyed getting the hard work done before you had fun. Well, there was an old German guy in my hometown and he used to say, you know, when I was a kid, we used to play this game. He said it was called hard work and that's all we ever got to do. <laughs> so that would, That's what reminded me of when you said hard work before you, but I, I do too. I enjoy the hard work. I, I find hard work is as cathartic and relaxing as actually probably more so than sitting around twiddling your thumbs. For me, I would say there's, you guys touched on a bunch of them anyway, but uh, creating urgency, uh, there's nothing like a deadline to get shit done. 
And so the unimportant things I still try to set myself a deadline for that seems to really help just push things along. I can't remember which book it was I read last summer and it might've been the four hour work week or it could have been a different one, but he talked about how he would never get something done in college, something along those lines until like the night before the deadline. It didn't matter if you had three weeks to do it or three minutes to do it. They still managed to get the work done just before the deadline. And I like that. And then the other one is schedule a break day, like you guys were talking about. And I try at least last summer, it's a little different with the content creation, but last summer I took every Saturday and Sunday to myself. So I basically, you know, and, and my idea again was reciting the house or, you know, mowing the lawn, whatever. It's all work, but I enjoy it. And for, through the winter, I've basically taken Sundays as my day. And it's as simple as doing things like I just go out in the garage and organize the garage or clean up the garage or, you know, mindless work that needs to be done. And it it recharges me. And I, I find that's really helped quite a bit as far as that. And then, of course, doing the important but not urgent things first thing in the morning. Because if something isn't urgent, but it's important to me, you know, it's like it's part of either, you know, making my content or it's part of my yearly goals. If it's not urgent, I'm probably not going to do it. So then I do it first thing in the morning. And then that goes back to eating the frog or whatever. But um, I wanted to shout out and bring up Nikki Toes as well. Every time I say her name, it makes me want to giggle a little bit. But she said that she is working on 22 hard things in 22. And I asked her if she'd like to share some. And she put learning small engines, learning to operate a chainsaw, getting my life organized to work my life plan creating boundaries with loved ones, pushing myself to launch my business. And if I remember correctly, Nikki Toes, I believe you're a recent widow or a widow mm -hmm. in the last few years. So shout out to you. That's awesome. Anybody want to? Yeah. Um, I personally know her. <laughs> oh, right on. <laughs> um, and she's doing amazing so far, you know, like we, we have, we have a little group of us ladies who get together and chit chat all the time. And she's part of my, my core group of gals. Um, and she's, she's got some tough, tough things that she's working on this year. And she is just, you know, she just keeps on pushing forward. Every time she comes to a roadblock, she's like, okay, what, well, how can I do this? And she just keeps on, keeps on going. So Nikki Toes, keep up the great work. You truly are an inspiration and I am really happy to call you a friend. Yeah, every time she's in here, she is, uh, I don't know if she realizes how much of an encouragement she is, but I just, I love her no-nonsense kind of chat that she's shared with us before. Like, yep, it, things aren't always great, but she still manages to get shit done. And I, you know, toot toot for that, because that is, that's great, you know? Uh, yeah, go ahead, Ken. And I wanted to, if you're done with that, I wanted to say something to what Brian and you had said too about creating and keeping the schedule it's it's a thing i don't remember what book i read it in it might have been the four hour work week that you mentioned earlier but they they say that a task expands to fit the time that you that you allow it so definitely the the better you can do at scheduling your things you don't have to put stuff off and, and you get into that procrastination uh, mode. So if you, if you schedule those things in, even the unimportant things like you talked about, Tim, you'll get them done at a, at a lot more predictable rate for sure. I do that with my estimates. I, I'll tell people two weeks for an estimate and it'll be 
about 10 days before I start on it. <laughs> and and it, it's a bad habit that I'm realizing that I have. So set, set the deadline, set the schedule, and then stick to it. Yeah, I used to, I, I just reminded me of like in high school when we used to hang out at the Boys and Girls Club, I played a lot of pool and I was pretty good at pool, but I was only ever as good as the person I was playing with. And it's, I, I don't know why that was, but it was always that way. And I was always just good enough usually to beat them. So I think that's part of it, Ken, where you were talking about it, that the task fills in the space uh, or the time allotted. And I think that's the same thing. It's almost like the the, uh, the amount of effort that it takes kind of fills in the amount of time that's there. And Freedom Media Corp there, she said, uh, it's the excitement of the speed of the deadline causes. Everything is fun to the 120 miles per hour. And it's true that the adrenaline rush that you get, and I think maybe that's a bit of it, is, you know, whenever you're, whenever something's urgent and important, it, it it's a lot of fun to do for the most part, you know, as long as you don't break down and, and fall apart. But yes, I, I, I like that when, when, you got a deadline coming at you and you've got maybe three or four things you need to get done for whatever reason, your brain, sometimes you kind of go in the zone and you're just able to boom, 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 and knock it all out. And I don't know. It gives me a bit of a bit of an adrenaline rush for sure. So you know, then you're, go ahead, lady. Your, your thing with the, you're only as good as whoever you're playing pool against. Um, it reminded me of, I have you guys heard of that? You, you're kind you're like the combination of the, five people that you're the closest to, you know, like personality, that type of thing. That makes sense too. And the way that like something that it just popped into my head over the last three years, I've gotten really involved in the TSP and LFTN and farmers communities and now the workshop community and everything. And I'm being surrounded by doers, <laughs> you know, so it's a lot of pressure on me to make sure that I'm representing these communities that, I claim to be a part of, you know, because if I'm just kind of like, oh, well, I'm I'm a TSP or an LF Tanner, but I'm not actually doing anything, you know, like how how is that? What am I learning from these people and everything, and, and what am I getting out of it? So, if if I know, like my husband, since we've met, he's become he's not nearly as disciplined as I am, and he openly admits this. But since we've been together, he's gotten much more on top of things and. While I'm still not a morning person, I'm starting to get him to take his not morning personness and get up earlier with me. And he's seen if we get these wins done first thing in the morning, we get the rest of the day to ourselves. And we're also more likely to get more stuff done because look what we did by eight o'clock this morning. This is amazing, you know. I'm trying I'm trying to get to a place where I don't give a shit what time it is or what day it is. I mean, really, that's that's where I want to be. I that I'm just living life and I'm, I need to know what season it is. I need to know about what time I got to get done with what, or when I got to get seeds in the ground or whatever, but I don't even want to care what day it is or what time it is. Get up early, get up when nature tells me to get up and go to bed when I'm tired. And that's my goal. <laughs> I'm, I'm certainly closer to that than I was five years ago. Being your own boss certainly helps. Like I was at Walmart the other day and the guy was like, thank God it's Friday. And I was like, I didn't even know it was fucking Friday. You know, I was like, and legitimately, like, I was like, oh, okay. It, it doesn't, doesn't mean that I'm perfect or that things are working. But you know, when you, when you build entrepreneurship into your life, I mean, depending on what type it is, but if you have some freedom built in there, that, that certainly helps. 
and back to you, lady, like that is a hundred percent true. As far as when you start surrounding yourself with people who are disciplined, that makes a huge difference. And I mean, I, I got to put Jack and Nicole out there and I, I'm sure like we talked about it. I, Brian said to me one day, he's like, well, what kind of uh, Brian Norton, sorry, scrambling. And he said, you know, which, which content creators do you think have started because of you, Tim? And I'm like, well, I don't know if any have started, but some, maybe a few have been, you know, pushed. Yeah, sure. I appreciate it. <laughs> but I, like I said, why don't, you know, look at the family tree, right? Just follow it all back and follow it back as far as Jack. And if you think Jack from the TSP, if anybody out there doesn't know who he is, I mean, look him up and listen to him. But if you think about all of the different businesses and nonprofits and, um, you know, like content creators and everything that have all come down over that. And that's all from people who are willing to surround themselves, maybe even electronically, you know, like listening, because I don't, I mean, number one, of course, like you said, the five people, Becky, for sure, my wife was the biggest inspiration because she was always kicking me in the ass and saying, Tim, you got to do this. You can do this. You know, like always she did. But also by listening to people like Jack and Nicole for a long time, I realized, holy shit, I, I can do this. I can be disciplined. I can start a business. I can start content creation. And then, of course, you got other people looking at you and you're like, oh, yeah, OK, now I need to be an example as well. So, yeah, lady, it's 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 positive and negative stress that both work in a good direction for sure. I said, if that goofy Canadian can do it, I probably can. Ain't that the truth, right? Ain't that the truth, bud? <laughs> but it, yeah, like when you start to see all the different people that do things and you realize, you know, it, I don't know, you just think, well, I tell people this all the time. Like if you want permission to be a content creator, well, I give you permission because simply put, all you have to do is start. And people look at you and they're like, oh my God, wow, you know, they're a big content creator or whatever it happens to be. Well, no, we're just a person that decided, okay, we're going to start and we're going to keep going and we're going to build something. And I guarantee you, every one of us has all been through discipline because the 1% of the 1% of the 1% that finds overnight success probably won't stick with it anyway. They might, but most of us, it comes, like I said, with that low, slow, long burn that builds over time and you build something you love and it's exciting. And that's where the motivation comes in, seeing those small growths every day. And we got, what do we got up here? Uh, Chicken Hawk says, I picked up my videos on my YouTube channel since working with you guys on Fireside Freedom. You all motivate me to keep up. I, it's awesome. Like if you, if it, <laughs> You're almost speechless, but seriously, if you, if you are thinking about doing here, I get up on my hobby horse here, but if you were thinking about doing something great, surround yourself with doers and people who do great things and you're fucking 80% of the way there because well, at least 70% for sure. Um, what else we got here? Uh, Nate says, if it wasn't for special SOE, that's, um, special operations equipment, we wouldn't have found Jack. We would not have found Jack. We wouldn't have found Nicole, Amy, Tim, Ken, or Brian. And Amy, who we need to shout out today because she just knocked out her 200th episode. She's the queen of discipline and doing all the time. She says, I love seeing the community spider webs, the family trees. I, I think it's awesome. Who else wants to throw something out there? 
Right. Uh, yeah, like Tim said, surround yourself with the people that are uh, what you want to be uh, better than you. In in your opinion, like what you're you're striving to be, don't ever be afraid to hang out with people you don't think you're good enough to be around because you are, and all you're doing is trying to learn from them. They were never they were are, weren't always as good at what they do as they are now, so they were where you were. They didn't just magically get good at something. So uh, if any of them don't want you around them in whatever aspect, whether it's podcasting or writers or baseball players or whatever, if they're better than you and don't appreciate you wanting to excel in what you're doing, they're not worth being around. So yeah, find those people and go for it and learn and expand your shit and yeah, just get better. They say a rising tide floats all boats, but a sinking tide also lowers them. So find the tide that you want to be, find the people that are better than you, that, that you want to be like, you know, you can have people that you're mentoring, but don't, don't get stuck hanging around people that are just going to drag you down, be mm -hmm. friends with them, whatever that might mean to you, but find people to associate with that are where you want to be in five years. I was at a business conference recently. And one of the speakers who is a multimillionaire said, look at the five people around you, check out their incomes. That's where you'll be in five years. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh shit, <laughs> I got to start <laughs> hanging out with some better people. <laughs> so yes, definitely surround yourself with people who are where you want to be in five years, 10 years, 20 years. Yeah. And I mean, this community has just been awesome. I mean, Amy pushed me to, turn my blog into a podcast. And lately I've been like, I feel like an imposter. Like I'm on this with you guys. You guys are all freaking rock stars. And I'm like, I'm like, if I get like 20 people listen to my show when I, when I do it, but then she's Amy, like brings me back to me. She said, you're a stay at home mom with a little kid and you've got another one on the way. She's like, the fact that you're actually doing something is better than nothing. Like she, she goes, how many, she said, I wouldn't even think of doing something like that when my kids were little. So, you know, it's also, having those people to, to bring you back into, in, to, to just kind of check you, you know, like when you're starting to feel down on yourself, have someone who's going to be like, look, this is the reality of it. You're not doing a bad job. <laughs> you know, here's, here are a couple ideas that may, might help you. They might not, but yeah, just, just find those, find that support group. Well, you're kicking ass and taking names, lady. So don't feel like you're an imposter because you have come so far in 13 episodes. I'm seriously proud of you. So you need to know that. But, it, you know, talking about surrounding yourself with people who do and people who don't, there's two sides to that as well. Because when you start surrounding yourself with the doers and the people that you want to be, the people that you used to be with will start maybe looking down their nose at you or they're like, you know, the, I don't want to say the must be nice people, but they might think that you've become somebody different and you have because you're heading in the right direction and you're heading towards success and don't let those people tear you down either. And one, I, like I said, I set a lot of goals for this year and most of them have been public, but one of them I kind of I just kind of wrote out on paper was I wanted to have at least five people on my podcast this year who had significantly larger audiences than I do. 
And that's a way, you know, and shoot big, of course, <laughs> still shooting for Mike Rowe, of course. And, and we will get him there at some point. Absolutely. Whether it's this year or next year, I'm just going to keep beating the horse until I get him. I used to have a friend that said, if you keep beating a dead horse, all you get is a bigger mess. So I guess you need to come up with, you know, but anyway, so five people on the podcast who have larger audiences than me. And that that's a way of surrounding myself with people that are going to, that I'm going to use in a good sense to learn from and get up there a little bit further. Anybody? Yeah, go ahead, Brian. That's, that's a great idea. I, I, sh I will have no problem doing that because most people have a significantly larger audience than I do. So I have a lot more people to choose from, but uh, yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah. I got to write that down. Thanks. <laughs> no, I, and it has the, the, so my, my word of the year this year was invest or is invest. And because I was already at the point where my time, I was putting as much time as I could into my content creation over the last two years. And I saw some growth. And so I decided, okay, what can I do? And my idea now was I needed to invest that same time in the areas that were going to bring me the biggest return. And I have got to say that collaboration has by far been the biggest area of return for me this year. Just, you know, getting your content out there with anybody and everybody and giving away your content. Like if four of us are doing something, all of us streaming it to their channels, whatever it takes. Right. And to me, that has uh, this whole group and the whole collaboration end of things has been a big part of the discipline and a big part of, of, of growing for sure. So you were, I, I forgot what I was going to say before, but uh, Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, you're talking about the people looking down their nose at you after you kind of leave that group of people that just sit around and do jack shit. Um, I had, I had a situation where I hung out with a lot of guys that were doing, you know, shit that was just the same old thing every year, same routine, same vacations, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I had camaraderie with them, but it wasn't going anywhere. It was the same thing. I've experienced it. I don't need to put time and resources. It was expensive. It was all my vacation. It was all that. And I was like, yeah, I got better things to do with my time and my money. And then it was kind of like a shunning almost. And I was like, I don't give a shit, really. If if you can't respect that and me and me making that decision, then whatever. I don't give a shit. Um, so, yeah, when you move on to people that are getting shit done and it's improving your life and making you a better person, making your life a better life and somebody doesn't like that, fuck them, man. Like, ain't worth it. Ain't even worth thinking about. You're a hundred percent. I carry Brown, you guys, he's been in here a few times, been on a few of our shows. He would be a perfect example of that. You know, he, he chose to give up drinking simply because that's what he wanted to do. And he said, you know, the, the one of the bar rats or what, what, I don't remember what you call them, but whatever the people he used to hang out with, they just weren't his people anymore. And, you know, some of them took it the wrong, whatever it happened to be, but that is, yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Fuck them. Right. Fuck them. Bring, bring something to the table and maybe I'll hang out with you. But if all you have, if all you have is the fact that I don't drink with you anymore to be pissed off at me and, and think that I'm doing bad by myself. Yeah. Whatever. You obviously weren't the friend that I needed. Um, if that's what it, it, it hinges on, like my success and my happiness isn't good enough for you, then I'm not, you're not good enough for me. Yeah. I hundred percent. I mean, they're, yeah. And if, like you said, and if people look at you and think, well, they're big feeling now because they're trying to succeed. Don't worry about it. Let, let them go. Let them like, 
whatever because you're fucking right i am i want to rule the world yeah right i know i want to be filthy fucking rich i want to have 20 different recurring income streams so i can do whatever the hell i want to do and i'm not going to make any qualms about that and i want everyone else to be that successful i want everybody to be more successful than me because then we're all fucking knocking it out of the park right like whatever <laughs> you know like uh nikki toes says uh thanks for the reminder i put my word uh of the year on the back burner which is ironic since my word of the year is forward and that's okay i i think even when a person puts their their word of the year j- just the act of setting those goals and picking a word of the year helps you formulate your choices or make the proper choices throughout the year, even if you're not 100% cognizant of it, if that makes sense. Letty, you look like you had something to say, did you? Yeah, like the, the word of the year thing. So we, this is our second year doing it. And my personal word is prepare. <laughs> and my and for the family, it's grow. And we clearly knew like right at the end of December that I was pregnant. So there were some reasonings there, but it's funny because the first two months of the year, like I was getting started with this and trying to figure out what I want to do with the podcast and everything. And, and then this past month, like I put the podcast on the back burner while we focused on the family with, with the prepare and grow. And we've done so much (laughs) in, in just the last three weeks alone. I mean, we got our deep freeze. We got, we actually have real furniture in our living room and we've been in this house for six months. I mean, there's no more boxes out there. So it's amazing. But when you have those words of the year, and again, you're connected with people who have the words of the year, and every once in a while they check in, they're like, well, this is where I'm at with this, and this is this is why I've had to change my focus to make sure it fits in with it, or I'm changing my word of the year because my focus has shifted. You know, you see that, and it's inspiring. <laughs> and again, this still ties back to discipline, because that word of the year, that help, that's your discipline for the year. This is this is what I'm focusing on. And if I get like sidetracked off of it, I'm not going to achieve that word of the year. Like last year, our family word was together because I was living in Illinois while my husband was up here working and looking for a house. I spent (laughs) eight and a half, eight months every day, like just obsessively checking the real estate listings because our goal was to be together. And once we hit that, we were like, weight off the shoulders and it was just amazing you know so it helped us stay disciplined last year too what was your year word last year real estate (laughs) oh my god it's i should have gotten my freaking real estate license last year because it was just insane dealing with the freaking moron that we were working with at first and how quickly these damn houses went up and were sold we, my husband probably looked at well over a hundred houses and we put in about two dozen offers on homes before we finally got one that was accepted. Like, oh my God, it was just insane. But yeah, real estate really should have been my word of the year. Makes some side income while I was at it, but maybe so next if year. If anybody wants to know why there was like this extremely long and awkward uh, dead silence there. It's because this dumbass who's first day podcasting forgot to unmute his mic. I'm going along chatting and carrying on. And I'm like, Lenny, what a jerk. She's talking over me. Jesus. And then I'm like, yeah, there we go. So, <laughs> Okay, Tim, now it's your turn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to bring up Nate here. He said, I got to have the mentality of I don't have time for people's bullshit. 
I want 100% of people around me because if I have a 50% person around me, I get dragged down to 75% to bring them up. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Probably probably less than 75% because it always takes more to pick somebody's ass up that's a drag ass than it does to, you know. So you're losing more than you're you're getting. You're losing more than you're getting out of them for sure. It's like if you're trying to help somebody, I don't know, up over a wall or, you know, climb up over a cliff or something. And if they're just hanging there like dead weight, how much more work is that than if the person's, you know, reaching up and grabbing and pulling, right? It, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is about dead weight, but it seems three times as much and it absolutely wears you out. Well, what do you guys think? Uh, any, any final thought? We've had a kick-ass episode. We're an hour and 15 in. We seem to have covered pretty much anything. If anybody else has something, throw it up there quick in the comments. But if not, let's slide around. Uh, Brian, where can they find you? What are you up to? Yeah. Oh, the lotsproject.com. Babywalterandcompany.com is Corey's site. She runs for our dogs. Uh, They're kind of involved in the lots projects. We we just kind of split because I, I kind of handle the the podcast side, the video side, and then she, she takes care of the dogs and I don't have to deal with that. So they're all her babies. Um, but I like to pump her stuff because yeah, that's part of our deal. Uh, this weekend, I'm excited to have Greg Arcade on, a Canadian music, uh, country music artist and freedom fighter, uh, getting into it a little tiffs with the, the Canadian government up there over the whole Tucker thing. Uh, he's got an album coming out on Saturday, the days uh, I'm interviewing him. So I'm kind of excited about that. Uh, Aaron and Nate LeMaster coming on the show uh, here in a couple weeks. So that's kind of, that's cool. They're in the, I see Nate in the audience today. So excited to talk to them. Yeah. Every Monday through Friday, six o'clock AM bright and early, or you can catch the replay on most podcast catchers or YouTube float Odyssey floats coming. Give it some time. Be patient. It'll get there. It's going to be fantastic. So yeah, if you were on there and you don't like the upgrade yet, just give it a little time. It takes, there's, it's still really new. I know a lot of people are excited and using it, but it just takes a little time to uh, dial it in. Yeah, the Lost Project, lostproject.com. Just search it. It works. How about you, Ken? Yep, constructiveliberty.com, teamcatalyst.com. Uh, the link's not up yet to the Team Catalyst event, which is happening June 24th, 25th, and 26th on my homestead here in Kentucky. But if you check probably tomorrow, that link will be up there in the top. It'll be a little link that says camping event. So go check it out. Father, son, camping event, teamcatalyst.com. How about you, Lady Lou? All right. Uh, Lady Lou with the Liberty All Day blog and podcast. And I think the blog's going to be making a bit of a resurgence with baby number two on the way. It'll just be easier to get that done than the podcasting right now because little man is little man. <laughs> um, I'm on MeWe Float. MeWe, I've got the the Liberty All Day blog page, and then I'm also on Float at Letty Lou, and I'm in like all the freaking groups over on Telegram, and I admin several of them. So if you're ever looking for me, Telegram is probably going to be your best bet. <laughs> Just go into a group and search for Letty Lou, and I'm most likely there. Cool. Yeah. So for me, I've got the workshop podcast. 
three episodes a week, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Plus, if you like talking about tools and generators and shit like that, the YouTube channel has at least one video a week there. What do I got coming up? Thursday is going to be repairedness. We're going to talk about cleaning products. That sounds really boring, but I promised it isn't. I'm going to talk about tips and tricks and my chosen products that I love to use. Uh, so it's going to be a good episode. Saturday, I think I'm going to talk about building an essential preparedness library. So we're going to talk about some of the books that are essential. Ah, anyway, it's going to be a, an overview. We'll probably do a deeper dive later on, but that's going to be a good one. And then Sunday evening, 7 p.m. Mountain, I've got Nate LaMaster coming on. We're going to talk about ham, not the edible type, but the uh, the the ham radio and comms type stuff. We may talk about bacon and ham too, but uh, yeah, so we're going to, we're going to chat Canadian about bacon. Oh, I he don't can like tell you, he can tell you about it. <laughs> you know, they only call that Canadian bacon in the States, right up here. It's just, I don't know, some kind of weird female ham or something. We don't, whatever. Do they, yeah. do they call it bacon? Cause it's Canadian bacon. <laughs> Ah, bacon is that shit that you get in a slice, you know, sliced up and yeah, yeah. But. It's like when, when we call Chinese food, Chinese food, but what if Chinese people call Chinese food? Just food. Just food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although what we call Chinese food, they wouldn't call Chinese, they wouldn't call food. Very right? true. Very, very true. You know, it's the North Americanized Chinese food, but yeah. So, yeah, so that that's where you can find me. And I'm usually... Some you'll find me on someone else's live stream at some point during a week, usually too. So there's that. Hey, tomorrow night after party. Oh, are we doing that tomorrow night? I don't know. Are we okay? Scrambling Bojangans, whatever. Anyway, I think we'll probably be doing the after party tomorrow night as well. So you can probably catch us there. That's on Scrambling's YouTube channel. But all the links are in all the places and follow us on all the things. Telegram is the place to go to because ladies, there we're all there. I, I just absolutely love Telegram and uh, yeah. Beyond that, guys, I think that calls it a show. So, everybody, thank you very much. We appreciate. We had a we had a great, very steady audience all night with lots of uh, interaction. We appreciate that. And guys, have a great night, and we'll see you next week.